Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hour one in the books. One o'clock. 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Likens. Nick Price is out of bounds. Um, coming up at two o'clock will be Cody Tapp. Because the Royals play at three in Texas today. As you heard two days ago, Chris Owings was released. Chesler Cuthbert comes up and does exactly what he had to do, and that was hit a home run. Um, Opposite field home run at that. Tonight, Sporting KC is in town. Play Houston. Got the Blues in St. Louis playing the uh, Boston Bruins. I'm not a St. Louis fan. In fact, I don't like the city of St. Louis really that much because I'm a Kansas Cityan. Um, but I don't want to see another parade in Boston, so I'm kind of torn there. Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for St. Louis in this series. But, like, not in, like, a fandom way. Just, like, better them than Boston. Um, Big sports day for me in general. Tiger Woods is up here on on one of the TVs, and then at 2 o'clock I've got to run home. Not literally run, but, like, race home so I can catch the uh, Champions League finale. Liverpool versus Tottenham. Tiger Woods just drained, like, a 30-foot butt. Eh, That's probably 20. He's at minus 40, just birdied 15. Scored a 32 on the front. He's now one over on the back. I don't know who the leader's at, but I know at one point at four under, he was three off the lead. I assume he's three or four off the lead. Uh, Kansas City, 610 Sports Radio. Thanks for coming along. We do live and local. We like to have fun with it. And we talked about it earlier. Eric Berry's gone, but Eric Bieniemy's here. And Damian uh, Williams is our starter. We expect him to excel at that role. And obviously, just like with any other position, if something was to happen, you know, knock on wood, you don't want anything to happen, you want the next man to step up. We always coach our starters not to allow anyone to take their job. But we also understand the importance of coaching our backup players to take their job and be ready when that opportunity presents itself. So we want to make sure that the next man is ready to roll when presented that opportunity. There's a lot of guys that are boring that audio, thanks to Pete Sweeney, who was out there, even though I sometimes have my opinions about Pete Sweeney. He's he's a guy that just knows how to push my buttons. But when it comes to that content, Eric Bieniemy is your offensive coordinator. Now I get it. You can say he's got the easiest job in the NFL minus Tom Brady's backup. But Eric Bieniemy is a guy that when the Chiefs do press conferences, it's kind of fun to listen to because Bieniemy is kind of exciting. He's got that. Kind of pizzazz. He's always dripping in sauce in his uh, in his in his press conferences. He's not like he's not very robotic. And if you remember last year, this is where the Eric Bieniemy content uh, the content comes in handy. Now he says there that Damian Williams is going to be basically a force to be reckoned with. He's our number one starting running back. He did very well last year. I think Damian Williams goes like in a top three rounds of fantasy football. I honestly believe that. I can have Ben Heisler on later on in the summer to talk fantasy football and Steven Serta. People are going to jump over Damian Williams because he's just in that Chiefs offense. He's with that Patrick Mahomes connection. 
it worked really well last year in a short period of time on a small sample size with Damian Williams. But that's not the importance of this conversation that we're having. Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator. Basically, he's the next guy that came up in the system. You lost Doug Peterson. You lost Matt Nagy. Eric Bieniemy steps up. What Matt Nagy do? Went to Chicago and made Mitchell Trubisky a pretty damn good quarterback in his first year there. Khalil Mack helps, but that's near nor there or near here. Chiefs, you'll get your shot at the Bears this year. I don't need to talk about Doug Peterson. Won a Super Bowl. I think that's enough. And now you have Eric Bieniemy, who went to Colorado as a college player, played for the Chargers. And Colorado was rumored to want Eric Bieniemy as their head coach after one year as an offensive coordinator and former running backs coach. And Eric Bieniemy, in two years as an offensive coordinator, is going to have a very damn good-looking resume because he's got the resume of last year's offense under his belt. Now, I get it. Everyone knows who the offense runs around. It's Reed. It's Pat. Hell, there's a tornado going through the entire state of Kansas, it seemed, and Patrick Mahomes in his chair with his playbook going over plays. Yeah. So we know that it's one of those things that goes without saying, oh, God, Tiger Woods is five off the lead, nine under is the lead. Um, and the thing is with Eric Bieniemy is, yes, he's your offensive coordinator. He's probably going to get a job somewhere else, but eventually you've got to hold on to one of these guys because I don't think Andy Reid's going to coach forever. I have a theory that I think if Andy Reid can win one Super Bowl, he could win two or three more. Then I think he rides off into the sunset and becomes the glorified, retired, Hawaiian shirt-wearing, sandal. I don't, I don't know if he'd wear flip-flops. And that's where he goes. And once Bienemy leaves, it's going to be Kafka's job. And that's where you got to kind of hold the phone. Because Matt Kafka is a guy that reminds me a lot of what Cliff Kingsbury did at Texas Tech. Had a lot in common with Patrick Mahomes, played the position as Patrick Mahomes, kind of was one-on-one basis with Patrick Mahomes. And Cliff Kingsbury literally has a job in the NFL to develop a quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals in Kyler Murray. And now you have Matt Kafka behind Eric Bieniemy. I think Eric Bieniemy is probably going to get a couple job offers after this year. Now it is sketchy. The NFL is kind of weird. And they might go with whatever is the hottest hand. But when you're trying to go after a guy, you also want to get a peek behind the curtains. And I'm not saying that guys do that. I'm not saying that coaches go to other systems and dig very deep into secrets. But there's going to be a lot of guys and a lot of teams that go after Eric Bieniemy because of three reasons. The offensive numbers being off the charts because of where he was at with the team that he had with the quarterback and the head coach that he had. He's still technically the offensive coordinator, so he knows something about that. The development of Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs running game. He said Damian Williams is our starter. If Damian Williams can be a legit running back, it can be comparable to what Danny Manning was at KU. Danny Manning wasn't the head coach, but Danny Manning could develop big guys like nobody's business. You look at what he did with Wayne Selden, the Morris twins, Thomas Robinson. I guess Wayne Selden wasn't really a big man, but you get what I'm saying. Thomas Robinson, the Morris twins, guys like that. Christian Moody. What was the big dude that played volleyball that had all the blocks? At Jeff K- Withy. Jeff Withy. You saw what he did with that guy? Yeah. It got him a head coaching job at Wake Forest. It hasn't gone that well. But if Eric Bieniemy can make Damian Williams, who he says is a star running back, is a starting running back of this team, and has a lot of potential to be successful, Eric Bieniemy is going to get that notch on his belt. 
And with this offense and the production that this offense can have with the running back, with the way they move the ball, the way they throw the ball, the way defenses will consistently be on their heels because they don't know what's coming with Patrick Mahomes. At least that was what the narrative was last year. You didn't know if he was going to look at you. You didn't know if he was going to throw it deep. And with a team that's been cloudy with what this offense is going to be, Eric Bieniemy can be there, but he's probably not going to be here much longer because somebody's going to want that job because of the three reasons. The offensive numbers spike out. Damian Williams can have a great year as a running back. He's technically still the running, not technically, but he's a running backs guy. So he's going to coach running backs and have the offensive coordinator. Plus, he's going to be a part of that Chiefs system. And you look at what they did in Green Bay, New England. Now, those guys didn't always pan out in New England, but Andy Reid's guys always seem to pan out in the league. And if Eric Bieniemy has this on his record and then leaves, it's going to be Matt Kafka's job. And then you've got to think to yourself, we've got to keep some of these guys because I don't think Reid's going to do it forever. But Reed could do it the way that I think that Barcelona does it in soccer, where if they get one, they can get two and three in a blink of an eye. And I think if Andy Reed can just finally figure out what he's got to do to crack that system to get a Super Bowl ring, which obviously last year was just getting your defense off the field on third and 10, which he went out and got his guy to fix the defense. I feel like if Andy Reed can get that feeling, get that notch, get that uh, monkey off the back of not winning the big game, He's going to get one or two or three more, and then he's going to say, see you later. It's time to do me. Or he's going to go try to do something in the NFL office because, of course, you've known him saying that he gets the games on Sunday at like 4 a.m. Um, but that's where you're at with the Chiefs. enemy comes out, strong press conferences, says a lot of things. He's the offensive coordinator on a team that has a glorified offense that some people be like, well, he doesn't have to do much. Yeah, well, if he can get Damian Williams to be a starting number one running back in the NFL and get him going in this year where he's supposed to just kind of fill the void until they can find their next future running back, yeah, that's going to get him a job and get him some notoriety. Yeah, I mean, people said that Doug Peterson didn't do much. He just went off, got a job with the Eagles, won the Super Bowl. And Matt Nagy, they said that he didn't do very much. He went and brought the Bears to the playoffs and is a Cody Parkey missed field goal away from making a serious run in the playoffs. So it's going to happen sooner rather than later we always thought that it was going to be last year probably going to be after this year though and then you're going to be looking at mike kafka as stepping up into that role and hopefully you can hold on to one of those guys because dave toe who's been rumored to go anywhere no but here we are the enemy's here i don't know how much longer he's going to be here because last year he was here for a year and his name got hot around the league this team puts up similar offensive numbers Somebody's going to want that because somebody's going to want a part of that system to try to figure out how they can advance into the game. NBA Finals are Sunday night for game two. There's drama and D&D, and I'm all about it. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Kansas City, live and local, Saturdays. Nick Price, everybody's favorite uh, producer. Apparently. They like you more than me. I can accept that. Yeah. Because I like heels, and I'll be a heel. I'll let you be the heel, too. Even though I'm nice. You are nice. I'm not out here chugging beers and cussing out my fans. Yeah. Shout out Jay Beakley. (laughs) Is what it is. You made it public. What am I, a bad guy? Text line seems to think so. That's fine. You wear it well, though. Somebody thought I was saying Matt Castle yeah, instead nah. of Matt Kaf- or Mike Kafka. I don't think Matt Castle will ever have a role with the Chiefs again. Oh, dear God. Can't go back on that. 
They should just retire number seven. And just, like, not let anybody wait. Be like, Butker, you got to wear a different number. Yeah, just, like, we don't want to bring back those bad memories. Um, NXT TakeOver tonight? You into that? That's, like, the minor league wrestling? I mean, that's where you find the future superstars, right? AEW. Kets is giving it the big thumbs down. AEW came out, took a shot at WWE. Now NXT's got a chance to take their own shot. Tonight, you got, you got, uh, you got the uh, NHL... Stanley Cup Finals Game Three. Damn right. Okay, he is back. Um, and then uh, Ketz just slides in. You he's like, hey, we're talking hockey now. That's funny. I also I love Ketz though. Um, oh yeah, you can slide into the show anytime, Ketz. The other thing that's thanks, fun, Bryce. You got uh, you got Sporting KC, Houston Dynamo tonight. By the way, Ali Tros, who does a lot of good work for us, uh, great personality, funny as hell. Uh, she last game was asking about. Uh, Johnny Russell and what he ate for breakfast, and we just never came to this audio and found this. What did you have for breakfast this morning? <laughs> the same as usual. I go to first watch. It's became a little bit of a routine. There's a first watch, like a mile from my house, so <laughs> I go there. It's like a mile uh, from your house. Avocado toast, my pancakes. <laughs> avocado, avocado toast in my pancakes. God, I would give anything to have an accent like that. Yeah, Scottish. Wanna be a Scotsman? I'd be a Scotsman. Like Johnny Russell. But they play tonight, Houston Dynamo, live and local, 7.30, I believe is when that game is. 7.30, yep. Children's Mercy Park. Yes, sir. Um, something that's not live and local is the NBA Finals. It's Toronto versus Golden State. Is it the United States versus Canada? I don't buy into that. It's more than that, though. It's Draymond and it's uh, Drake. It's Just wanted Drake you to talk a little bit about that post-game scuffle between you and Drake. You got a question about basketball? Mm. It wasn't really a scuffle because I didn't hit him and he didn't hit me or I didn't push him or he didn't push me. We talked. We barked a little bit, but I wouldn't necessarily consider that a scuffle. Not really what I personally would consider a scuffle. I am so about this. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about heels? Drake is being the ultimate heel of the NBA right now. But the ultimate heel of the NBA is Draymond Green. He's the other guy. Which is crazy. So here's a guy in Draymond Green. Let's start with his story. Right? Nobody likes Draymond Green except me. I'm a huge Draymond Green fan. Yeah. Minus the fact that Vern's fiance, shout out KDB, is in probably the worst situation of her life when it comes to Drake, big fan, Draymond Green, big fan, clashing. Mm-hmm. That's great because some people might get annoyed with Drake. That's what he wants. He wants you to feel his presence. Now, the massaging of the coach's shoulders is a little much for me. Draymond Green. We continue to start with Draymond. Loudest guy on the court, plays in a team where a lot of people think, oh, well, you're just the third guy. You're in a great system. Draymond Green's pretty damn good. Great at defense. Came from Michigan State. He's won three titles. He's part of that dynasty with Golden State. There are times where he used to kick people in the nuts because that's just what he did. But he owns that role. Like when he gets that question from that Female reporter says, what was your scuffle between you and Drake? And he immediately digresses and comes off as the more responsible one to say, I wouldn't really call it a scuffle. He didn't hit me and I didn't hit him. Man, you knew what she meant. You knew what she was talking about. You knew what she was getting at. And when it comes to Draymond, he's just that guy on the court because of their popularity, because of their success, he's the bad guy. People like Steph, people like Clay. Clay Thompson's just like a grown kid. He's sponsored by like chocolate milk. 
when he missed the dunk at a pickup basketball game, it was funny, but it was like, oh, Clay. Mm-hmm. And then Clay grows a beard, and it's like, oh, he's growing up. Steph Curry shoots from the other side of the world and makes it, does a little shimmy. It's kind of like Jack Parkman in uh, Major League Two. Makes the people in Cleveland sick. But before, it made them happy. And now you have the other side. You have Toronto's Drake, who is completely popular in pop music and rap. If you consider him, I, I guess he's rap music. I mean, I think he's the most popular rapper in the world right now. I'm more of a YG guy. Yeah. Definitely that's, a that's different kind guy. of rap. Different kind of rap. Yeah. I'm a big YG guy. Like, I'm the guy on the golf course that brings a jam box and plays YG and just gets dirty looks when they drive by. Oh, yeah. And so, now you have Drake, which is Ketz glorifiedly stated out in this piece of paper. He's a modern-day Spike Lee. How is he not? It's an insult to Spike Lee. How? Just because he's over the top. Spike would just kind of, like, stand up, point at Reggie Miller. That was his guy. But I love the comparison because that's what everybody's talking about. It's like, we now have the Spike Lee fan. Like, Jack Nicholas would sit on the court. Hey, Lakers, just don't screw up. And now you have Drake, who is very overmodulated on the side. Yeah. Rubbing the shoulders of the coach, breaking the line of fandom and team. But let's be fair. With, J- with Drake's popularity, how many people are following Toronto because they listen to Drake? You might not have an NBA team, but you're like, well, Drake always sings about him. I know about these players. And you have got to be kidding me, Nick Price, if on Drake's next album, there is not something about Draymond Green. Oh, yeah. Which, at the end of the day, to tell you how this type of stuff works, you'd have to be wrong if you don't think that Draymond and Drake go back and forth and say, hey, let's try this. Hey, let's do this. Because what we just saw in the video of, Draymond's walking through Toronto with a Drake sweatshirt on. Yeah. Laughing, clowning, trolling. Your move, Drake. And what did Drake do? Drake got with the Toronto Raptors team and got a Del Curry throwback jersey signed by Del Curry. Boy, I'm excited for Sunday at 8 o'clock, not just because of the basketball game and a game where people don't like it because they say there's no defense. Well, here's my defense to your comment. Watch it because there's going to be shots of Drake talking mad stuff to Golden State. And then there's going to be Golden State. It's going to go right back to Drake. The memes are crazy. The gifs are crazy. This whole atmosphere of the NBA and the drama and the buildup is something that the NFL and the MLB don't have, and it shows. As much as you want to hate on the NBA because you don't watch it, you don't have a team, you don't have a dog in the fight, you can get involved, and it's pretty funny because the biggest problem about it is there is drama. There is fun. You bat flip in baseball, people hate you. Do it more often. You'll get conversation. Conflict in sports works. Allow it. NBA does. Drake's a super fan. It's a little bit annoying. Draymond Green runs his mouth a little bit too much. It's a little bit of annoying. Let him clash. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, this league, man, this is, there's such a close connection between hip-hop, rap artists, and the NBA in general. And this is only better for the game of basketball. Like, drama is probably the number one thing that the NBA has going on right now, whether it's Twitter drama, social media, like people making little sly comments at each other, stuff like that. A lot of subtweeting going on. And now you're seeing it actually happen on the court between the most influential rapper on the planet right now and the 
best team that we've seen maybe ever at least one in the conversation they're of the that. most they're the they're the most dominating team since the mid to late 90s bulls yeah and you're seeing drake get in the face of steph curry he even like he tweet or he put up on his instagram drake did of him plucking some lint off of Steph Curry's head. Yeah. And then the next one is a picture of him with the lint in his hand saying, I'm selling this on eBay. Hit me up, champagne poppy. Your move, Draymond. Exactly. He goes to the town of Toronto with a sweatshirt on. Now I get it. Now you, I'll, I'll listen to all arguments. I love the people on the text line. I'm always nice to the people on the text line. Protein House, eat with a purpose. Text line 69306 from the 816. I'm not watching a basketball game to see Drake be dumb. No, but you know about it. People are talking about it. From the 816, it's also said that Nick Price is the Drake of Kansas City. Love you, 816. From the 816, he isn't Spike Lee because he sits on the sidelines with a tattoo of Golden State Warriors players on his arm. Which is pretty funny because he's the ultimate Fairweather fan, and now that his team's in it, that's why he came out with those sweatbands covering up the 30 and the 35. Yeah, because they're what? Kevin Durant and And Steph. uh, Steph Curry. Yeah. God. Dusty, I think you're a good guy. I don't think you're a heel, Lance. Well, Lance, I appreciate that. Some people like you. I like Lance. Yeah, me too. I know he'll be watching NXT TakeOver. Tell you, man, go watch the AEW. It was crazy. Uh, speaking of AEW, I don't know what that tease means, but I know that we have Matt Tate of the Lawrence <laughs> Journal World coming up next to talk KU and what was a wild Wednesday. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Six Ten Sports Radio, this is Out of Bounds, live and local on Saturdays. From the 816, this may be live, but it sure as hell isn't local. Hip-hop and NBA? No thank you. I responded, I have to. We've literally done seven to eight topics today. All were local. That's the one we didn't do that was local. I'm sorry the NBA finals are relevant. I mean, that just sounds like one of those MLB fans that doesn't want to change the rules, you know? That's fair. Uh, We are joined now on the hotline here at 610 Sports Radio with Matt Tate. Matt Tate, sports editor and KU basketball writer for the Lawrence Journal World and KU Sports. Mr. Matt Tate, how are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How's your Saturday going? So far, so good. Uh, Driving eastward to see a little family. Uh, My niece is turning one tomorrow, so... Uh, I am at the age where I'm old enough that I have to go to one-year-old birthday parties. But I tell you what, I think it's probably better than going to like a 41-year-old birthday party. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know, but but uh, but I'm looking forward to it. It's always good to see family and hang out and have a little fun. Do you have to bring a gift to that? We brought so many gifts, okay. um, but that's a great question. Uh, I'm not sure why we went overboard. Um, <laughs> My wife got a little carried away, but she is absolutely in love with uh, with with her, our niece, and uh, she's so cute. So why not? But yes, yeah, she uh, she wrapped up quite a few gifts, and I think the rest of the family will too. So um, I'm worried for the little girl. She's you know one year old, and I'm afraid she's not going to have the stamina or the finger strength to, to tear through all this wrapping paper. So. Uh, it'd probably be good for her, though. It'll, you know, give her a little taste of what the real world's all about and how sometimes you just have to fight through things. So uh, I, I feel like we're doing her a service. Speaking of uh, finger strength, how was your Wednesday night this past week? Go ahead and explain us how crazy yeah, that was. Yeah, nice. That was good. That, I was wondering how you were going to segue into something that people might want to listen to, but that was good. <laughs> uh, 
it was crazy. It, it was crazy. Uh, you know, that was a fun night. Um, that, that's one of the things that I love about my job and the business is, is that, you know, you can kind of, I didn't enjoy waiting. I wish those kids would have, would have announced at like one o'clock in the afternoon or something, you know, cause the, the waiting just like it is for fans is, is no fun for us. Uh, the only difference is they're waiting on us to report some news and we actually get to make some phone calls and try to track down some news. So, it, it, it probably isn't quite as helpless of a feeling when, when we actually get to, you know, be active and proactive and try to find out some information. Uh, if you're just sitting on Twitter, refresh, 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 refresh all day, uh, that's got to be way worse than what I do. But that said, I, I, you know, I thought it was a great night. I thought it was a lot of fun to, to kind of uh, just watch that thing unfold. It was one of the craziest nights that I can remember um, in terms of just, uh, the whirlwind that it was, you know, one minute you've got an announcement coming and, and a reported withdrawal, and then, you know, not 40 minutes later, that leads to something else, and then in between there, you've got another announcement, and, and it was just, uh, heads were spinning, and, and yeah, my fingers were fired up, but, you know, I, I, I was kind of prepared, I, I got a little bit of information ahead of time, and, and was able to, uh, find out which way those were probably heading, so I was able to start on my stories and didn't have to completely scramble at the last minute. But um, it was definitely a hectic night, and, and uh, you know what, I'll take it because uh, the off is kind of tricky. Sometimes it's hard to find things to write about, and uh, this was certainly not one of those occasions. It was uh, a lot to write about, and especially because it came, you know, in the aftermath of the R.J. Hampton news just the day before. So it was a busy week, and uh, now we're to June. It's uh I really don't know what happened to May, but but um, June's going to be probably just as crazy. Talking with Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World, the sports editor of KU, basketball writer and KU Sports, everything and everything about that and all KU. And I guess before Nick Price gets in here, and I want to warn you, Matt, Nick Price is a former KU frat boy, diehard, bleeds, bleeds KU. But before we get into that, I want to ask you one thing. What Quentin Grimes did, I disagreed with. Nick Price agreed with it. You go check out. You go get a checklist from the NBA. You realize you're not going to be the starting point guard at Kansas, and you transfer. Now you're two years away from a system of where you want to get to because you've got to sit out a year. Is it the right move or is it the wrong move for a young man who just literally got all the information he could of how he can exceed his game? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's different for every player, right? I, I don't know that you can throw a blanket statement on it's it's black and white. It's either yes or no. Uh, I think the circumstances for all the players are different, but I do think for Grimes that it was the right move. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go against you there, but, but I, uh, I, I do think it was, I don't, you know, we saw it for a year. I don't, I don't think it was, uh, I don't think the fit was quite what he had hoped and what he thought and what Kansas thought, you know? So I, I like the fact that he's moving on. He could have stayed in the draft. Um, he might've been picked. Um, in the second round, I talked to a few scouts over the last couple of months that, that you know, that said there was definitely a chance that he could um, be drafted and, and taken in the second round sometime. And, you know, for my money, that, that's that's one way to go. You certainly could do it. But I think it's a, the smarter move is to set yourself up to, to have a better career and, and to be ready to hit the ground running when you are picked. And, and so I, I think for Clinton Grimes, the idea of, maturing a little bit, both in terms of just as a human being and also as a player. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's in any kind of bad shape waiting a couple of years until he tries to make that jump and tries to make that splash. Uh, I, I just think that 
that's something he needs to work on. And, and, and of course, there's parts of his game that he can work on just as there are with everybody. So um, I, I think it's a good move. It, it all, Obviously, it will depend on where he ends up, where he continues to play college ball, where he transfers, and how that fit works out for him. But um, I would imagine him and his family, uh, you know, I would imagine they learned a lot um, about this first year at Kansas. And, and I'm sure there was a lot of valuable things they gained from it. And, and so – the odds, at least in my mind, the odds of them making a good pick the second time around and, and, and finding a way to make a better fit for your the rest of your college career, however long that is, uh, you know, I, I think there's nothing but good that can come out of that. So um, I, I think it's the right move for him, and I, and I don't really think it hurts Kansas any either. Yeah, so that kind of brings me on to another question. You know, you got Dotson coming back, Grimes leaving, Silvio D'Souza getting uh, – declared eligible winning his appeal. You've got Yudoka Azubuke coming back. Overall, how would you grade this offseason for the Jayhawks? Yeah, they did really well. I mean, everybody wants to point to the uh, recruits they missed on, and, and they missed on a bunch, and everybody knows that by now, and, and there are a bunch of reasons that happened, um, some of them in their control, some of them out of their control. But I think anytime you can get proven commodities back, anytime you can get players that have played big games for you, uh, been a big part of what you've done in the, in the past, which is exactly the case with all those guys you just mentioned. Um, I, I think that that's a win, you know, like you can, you can line up the best possible recruiting class they could have landed, which would have been Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Matt Hurd, Cassius Stanley, and, you know, one or two other guys. But if you line those guys up and you can either have them or you can have Yudoka and Silvio and Devon Dobson, I take that second group every day of the week because they've proven they can play at that level. Um, those other guys will too. There's no doubt about it. But the adjustment takes time. It's never a guarantee. Look at Quentin Grimes, right? I mean, he was a top ten player, and and he didn't have a top ten type of season. So you just never know what you're going to get with with freshmen and, and highly touted recruits like that. What you do know is that Yudoka's almost an unstoppable force that nobody can handle one on one. You do know that Devon Dotson has a chance to be the next great point guard at Kansas. Even if that means he only stays one more year, he's going to be remembered as a heck of a player and one of the best to come through there. And and you also know that Sylvia Sosa has a ton to prove and a ton of upside and, and some potential there as well. So, uh, Or, I'm sorry, some experience there as well. So I, I just think that it's me anyway, and I think a lot of coaches are probably this way too. You take that second group every time because – Look at Matt Hurt, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Those guys might be one-and-done guys anyway. So if you're just, you know, sometimes that's apples to oranges when you're thinking, hey, these guys might be around three or four years. So you're taking those guys for a career versus this guy for one year. Well, in this case and in the case of a lot of players that Kansas recruit, it's a one-year thing. You know, this will be – Udoka will be back for one year. Devon will probably be back for one year. And – and Silvio might be here for one year. So it's apples to apples in that way. And, and yeah, I, I think every time you got to take the uh, you got to take the, the proven known commodities. And, and, and so to answer your question, I mean, I think that they, that's a win. That's a very successful offseason. And, and uh, there's no reason to think that they can't head into this season and, and really this summer um, feeling like, hey, we're kind of back where we expect to be. And, and we're contenders, and, and we're going to show that last year was just sort of a hiccup. 
Okay, we're talking with Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World and the KU Sports beat writer, basketball beat writer. Um, Matt, we appreciate you coming on. Before you leave, I know we've never talked before. I'm a little bit weird. Would you rather be able to dunk a basketball or would you rather be able to play the guitar solo and No Woman, No Cry? Ah, uh, wow, good question. I do play guitar. I don't play um, a very mean lead guitar. I'm a rhythm player, uh, but I do love music, so that's a good question. I, I would rather be able to play the uh, the, the, the solo. I'll take that. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, maybe someday I can get there. I keep practicing, and I try to try to learn as I go. My basketball career, though, I still do play twice a week. Um, I've always been a screen, rebound, pass, facilitate blue guy versus uh, a guy that needs to go out and score and, and, and highlight and, and get all those things. So let the other guys dunk. Give me the guitar and, and let me have some fun uh, around a campfire, and, and, and I'll just keep racking up assists and rebounds. But that's a good question. I like it. Uh, you know, that, that's clearly the answer from someone who has never dunked in his life. <laughs> what are the top three Bob Marley songs, in your opinion? Holy cow. Man, I like, uh, I like, uh, oh my gosh. I, I like, um, I like everything on the Rasta Man Vibration album. I like everything on Rebel Music. I love Rebel Music song. Um, so, you know, I, I, I get pretty deep into it. I really like a, a lot of Bob Marley songs, not just the, 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 you know, the better known hits, but I like jamming a lot. I think that as far as the hits and the mainstream type songs, I think that's great. Three Little Birds is another one that's great. But there's some songs on, uh, uh, what is there one called? Night Watch? Uh, Night Shift, I think it is. Uh, that's, that's one of my favorites as well. Um, so those two albums, Drop the Man, Vibration, and, and Rebel Music are, are uh, yeah, I love those. And, and then there's just some, some live stuff that, that if you haven't or people listening haven't watched, doing good work i'm sure we'll talk again uh keep uh keep loving the life you live and live the life you love man there you go you're a twitter follower <laughs> that's right man. I, I, I really do because i i try to put that out there so i'm not just a, a, a one-trick pony or or you know pegged as just a sports guy so i appreciate you saying that looking at it and uh yeah happy, give me a shot anytime you need me thanks matt take care that was matt tate of the lawrence journal world and the ku sport ku basketball beat writer uh, he's got a lot of a lot of action on his plate. That was a great interview. I appreciate that, Matt. You'll check that out on the podcast page. Coming up, we'll have Cody Tapp, Royals Insider, coming in studio to help us out with a topic that we need Cody Tapp's Royals Insider help with. And then Royals at 2 p.m. pregame with Cody Tapp. This is Out of Bounds. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Uh, back in on Out of Bounds, this is Dusty Likens, and I've brought in the group of dudes that are here on Saturday. Jason Ketz is in here, Steven Surt is in here, Chris Unicero's in here, Cody Tapps in here, and of course, Nick Price has to be yeah, here. Yeah, Dusty basically just walked around the entire building and grabbed everybody that he could and filled all the mics in here. 
I'm interested to know what this topic is. So, Cody Tap, Royals Insider. You can hear him at 2 o'clock as you'll have uh, Royals pregame starting then here on 610 Sports Radio. But he sent me a picture of basically Thanos's uh, what Infinity Stone bracelet the or Infinity hand? Infinity Gauntlet. Okay, I'm sorry. I haven't seen <laughs> Endgame. I haven't seen Endgame nine times. <laughs> you know you can't get this wrong with Serta sitting over say, here. He's going to get very. How like glove? His Infinity I glove? Mean, they, is they, that what it's they called? They built a 12 year story out of it. 22 he's, movies. He's, he's already angry. Yeah. He's going to walk out of the studio here in a couple. How minutes. many times have you seen it now? Just Endgame, yeah. five times. Oh. Jesus. Oh, wow. <laughs> is that the most times you've seen that of, of the series? Or have you seen one more? Uh, no, I've seen. I've watched all 22 movies three times all the way through in chronological order. Terrible question. I've seen, uh, I've I've seen, seen Civil half. War probably <laughs> yeah. 15 times. I've seen Doctor Strange probably 15 times. I think I've seen nine times. Marvel movies. I never even saw Doctor Strange. Oh, it's fantastic. You should I really? seen it. Doctor looks, Strange is I actually pretty good. Benedict I mean, Cumberbatch, amazing. Look, he's That's a good one actor, of the few but, ones I've seen. But we have to admit, that movie looked kind of dumb, right? Yeah. It when it came out, you're like, oh, oh cool. Oh, visually, it, it is amazing. He's got a force field. Bias. <laughs> Look, I like he's a movies. wizard. <laughs> Tell you, Unicero tried to warn y'all. He's gonna walk out here. Pissed. I told you he's gonna walk out in two minutes if you guys aren't careful here. So the the thing was, it was like an infinity sauces. So we'll start with Katz because he's just the, to my left. What are your three sauces for the rest of your life? Barbecue sauce. I'd go Gates number one. Shout out. Uh, McDonald's sweet and sour sauce number two, and then uh, let's go Chipotle ranch as three. Okay. Serta? I would go guac ranch. Here's where it gets weird. <laughs> a nice chipotle aioli. God. I don't even know what that is. And the barbecue <laughs> sauce. It's just fancy mayo, but it's delicious. It's what? fancy something. I know that. Are you a sweet barbecue or is it like a tangy barbecue? Uh, spicy, probably. Mm. Man. Dusty before the show, too, was like, if somebody brings up mayo, I swear, and then... Here comes Serta. Fancy dip mayo. Their fries in mayo. It's weird. I mean, people that just put regular mayonnaise on their fries, I think that's gross. But if you uh, add a layer to it, add some depth to the sauce, then it's a perfectly reasonable dipping sauce. And like the mailman said, my nerd Serta said that his pocket, or he said, my nerd Serta had that in his pocket. I don't know if he's talking about the guac ranch or whatever. He probably did. Listener number three. Is delicious. You can hear that nerd Serta apparently on, uh, not apparently you can, 10 to 2, uh, showing for her every uh, weekday. Chris Unicero, your three sauces. See, I'm I'm a simple man. Uh, gate sauce is number one. Hot? Hey. Just, yeah, just the regular gate oh, sauce. Regular. Oh, regular. Sure. Got a little bit of kick to it, but it's got the sweetness as well. Right. Uh, number two is ketchup. I know you said the ketchup is a little overrated. I like ketchup a lot. Serta I'm a loves big it. fan of ketchup. I don't put it on everything, but generally if I'm dipping stuff in it, it if, and it's not gate sauce, it is definitely ketchup number three regular ass mustard i'm a big fan of regular ass like mustard. mustard i don't think you can go wrong i don't need any not fancy, yellow mustard not brown I don't need mustard. No fancy regular Dijon. ass mustard. regular <laughs> ass yellow comes in the heinz bottle that's the kind of mustard you want a like. nice spicy brown nope nope nope, nope. i want it yellow that's how i describe it you want a nice spicy brown <laughs> yeah <I'm> mustard <laughs> needs to come after that yeah, yeah. not, not yeah. any Please other kind of mustard i don't regular want a spicy brown mustard uh cody tap we learned Serta's pickup line. Yeah, you want some <laughs> spicy brown? <laughs> I've seen Endgame five times. Um, I am first, saucy. We're, we're all Kansas Cityans, so barbecue sauce a thousand percent has to be on okay. the list. I tend to be a Joe's guy, but I, I'm I'm appreciative of a number of sauces. That's fair. I don't I don't like to limit myself in, in that category. I actually think ketchup deserves its place, but give me give me give me Whataburger spicy ketchup. Mm. Give me you know something with a kick that you feel like you can put with a couple of different things. Doesn't stand alone on its own. And I guess when I was originally thinking of this, a lot of it 
was like fast food stuff. Because if I'm thinking like things I dip stuff into, salsa deserves its place in the Mount Rushmore of things you dip things. Is that a dipping sauce? That's interesting. Uh, I don't salsa know. or queso? Like, yeah, but queso is definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely you, not a you, sauce. Yeah, well, but then you got to talk right. about queso for including salsa. That's what I'm saying. I think if we're going strange. fast food, then give me Chick Fil A sauce. Because it's called cheese dip. You see, I didn't know that queso was a part of this conversation. See, here. Yeah. see what Cody <laughs> okay, said. Okay, we got a backtrack. Just open Pandora's box here. If we're gonna do that, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take mustard out of that dipping sauce, and I'm gonna put queso in there. See? I'll take barbecue sauce out for queso. Serta. I mean, yeah, you give me some cheese sauce with some fries. Good Lord. I'm yeah, okay, queso makes a really strong case for number one. Mid price, your sauces? All right, so I. Now that queso's in the game? I eat a lot of chicken and I eat a lot of fast food, so it kind of influences my list here. But Chick fil A sauce got to be on there. Chick fil A sauce never had anything like it. I also eat a lot of Chick fil A. It's right across the parking lot. Um, Raisin cane sauce, very similar. It's also right next to my house, so I eat it like two or three times a week. I couldn't go without raisin cane sauce. And then. I work at Jefferson, so Jefferson's Ranch. We got the best ranch in the world. Another plug. Dip your chi- chicken wings in there. Fantastic. I like uh, go my three. I like Chick Fil A's honey mustard. Mm-hmm. Big fan of the Popeyes Mardi Gras mustard with the spicy tenders. I will wait ten minutes for those if they take that long. And then I'm gonna go with just like a ranch. I just need a ranch. Got to have a ranch. I know it's like basically mayo, and I trashed mayo earlier, but I mean, if you're going queso, man, give me that stuff from 54th Street. You ever been to? Yeah, the Gringo Dip. Yes. That gringo dip is amazing. That's what they call it on the menu. <laughs> that is what they I'm call it. I'm just looking at Udisera. <laughs> like, like, Dustin's like, ooh, I don't know. We should tread there. <laughs> yeah. Is that a Mel Gibson movie? Um, yeah. So those are your sauces. I mean, you got to think about that. Not just chicken nuggets, not just fries. Then Cody has to throw queso in there. I mean, if it's in the, like salsa, if it's in the mix, I mean, I feel like goes with so many things. That's I a s- valid point to bring up. I just still can't get over Serta oh. hits us with his number one is guacamole ranch. <laughs> like, it's out incredible. of left field. I think we uh, knew that was coming. Chick-fil-A that wasn't out also of has guac ranch. It's fantastic. Wait, what? They have a guac ranch at Chick-fil-A? I think it's avocado ranch, but it's the same thing. Mm. What about their Polynesian sauce? You digging that? Yeah. Polynesian sauce. Spicy chicken sandwich. Shout out Chick-fil-A. Open up on Sunday. Anybody ever get on that McDonald's Szechuan sauce when it was around? No. Nope. No. Nope. Anybody? Nope. All right. <laughs> I don't really eat McDonald's. We are moving on. Yeah. You know, right. McDonald's? Really? <laughs> Thanks to Cody Tapp, Kristen Acero, Steven Serta, Jason Katz, and Nick Price. That was our little uh, round table of sauces, which I'm sure that's going to go over well with the boss. Um, and if you could see Steven Serta's shirt, my God, I don't know if it's donuts or inflatable rafts. Um, nice shirt. All right. It's a nice shirt. <laughs> Thank you, fellas, for coming in. Um, I don't know. I think that's a good topic. I mean, you think about three sauces, the first thing in your head, you're going, oh, sweet and sour, barbecue, ranch. But then you're like, wait a minute. We dive deeper. We go another layer in, and then you're like, okay, Chick-fil-A sauce. Like, there's so many different variations out there. I did feel a little weird not putting a barbecue sauce in there. I'm not a huge barbecue sauce fan, but we got the best in the world here in Kansas City. Are you barbecue sauce on your hamburger? Nah. No? Oh, man, that's good. Well, uh, depends depends on the burger. Get you a nice sharp cheddar. Hey, are we talking about A1 sauce? Because I would put A1 sauce in there over raisin paste. I don't eat A1 sauce. Really? Nope. It's number three ingredient in it is raisin paste. I don't know what raisin paste is. I'd assume it's just a bunch of raisins mashed up and then put into a sauce. Apparently, I like raisin paste. Apparently. I'm more of a Worcestershire guy. You're a Worcestershire guy. I like it. Okay. Uh, Liam Peering's has like one of the best Worcestershires in the building. Um, It's got like a little paper wrapper or whatever it is. I like that. Marinate your steak in that. Throw it on a cast iron skillet. Three minutes aside. Flip that over. Brian, the outside. Two-minute warning. That'll bring us to the two-minute warning. What the heck? Let's go. 
You hear that? It means the show's almost over. Two-minute warning. It was a Saturday cut short by an hour. Next Saturday, we will not be here. The Royals will play a game, and their pregame will start at 11. I will be in Herman, Missouri, so if you have any suggestions of what I should do in Herman, Missouri, besides drink wine and craft beer, please shout it out to me at, at Dusty Likens on Twitter. You can follow Nick Price on Twitter, at Nick Price KC. Today was fun. Chiefs are hyped up more and more every single week, it seems, because of who their quarterback is, because it seems that no matter where he goes, he's popular, and I'm pretty sure he's a country music fan. Oh, yeah, and also the bull operator at PBR Big Sky has never taken it easier on anybody in his life. Boy, Patrick Mahomes' hips were moving fluid in that. Um, Chris Solings is gone. He's no longer on the team. They called up Chester Cuthbert. I know a lot of you are like, oh, well, that's not really what I wanted. It's because Hunter Dozier's on the injury list with a, what is it, thorax? Yeah, thorax, yeah. not lorax. I know, I always think of the lorax. I think of like the little orange Andy Reid guy with the mustache yeah. and Dr. Seuss. Um, but you know what? Good luck, Billy Hamilton. I feel like you're the next guy that everybody's going to be like, oh, why is Billy Hamilton playing? Yeah. Hopefully you can show up because it's going to come. I just, that's my prediction. Um, KU had a wild Wednesday thanks to Matt Tate, who joined us uh, from the Lawrence Journal World. Um, had some interesting things to say. A lot of stuff happened Wednesday night. A lot of crazy things going on with Grimes and Dotson. And now you got a backcourt and frontcourt that looks like it's going to be pretty solid for Bill Self and the Jayhawks. Stop freaking out, KU fans. It's always going to be the sunny. same thing every day. year. It's always sunny in Lawrence. Thanks to everybody that tuned in today. You've got a lot of sports to watch tonight. NHL, you got the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, Stanley Cup uh, finals, Blues, Bruins. Sunday, you got Draymond versus Drake, or as other people like to call it, Toronto versus Golden State. You got Sporting KC in town tonight, 7.30. Hopefully Johnny Russell had his pancakes and avocado toast. Oh, yeah. Because uh, he just tore the cover off the ball last game. I like Johnny Russell. He's like really good MLS, not so good EPL. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. I like the Scotsman. Um, and then you got Royals starting at 3 o'clock in Texas. You got Cody Tapp coming up at 2 o'clock here on 610 Sports Radio. To Steven Serta, Jason Katz, Chris Lunacero, Cody Tapp, everybody that came in and joined us for our ludicrous dipping sauce uh, segment. It had to be done. For Nick Price, for everybody in Kansas City. Stay safe and cheers. Come on. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.